Welcome back to the Gods to Ghosts Volleyball Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Bemke. This interview features part three in the conclusion of our interview with Dave Boardwell. Let's get started where we left off in part two. All right, tell me what you remember about Ron Lang, Dave Boardwell. Well, first of all, first of all Ron Lang and I are, are friends, uh, and uh, he was one of the great players of all time. But the one thing that Lang did... Lang sort of got discussed with volleyball, like in the middle 50s, and Gene wasn't, uh, wouldn't practice that much, and, and so Ron Lang all of a sudden wasn't playing, and he was only playing the tournaments, and he would come to the tournament, he'd be 15 pounds overweight, 10 pounds overweight, and he'd play himself into shape during the tournament. And, like a racehorse. Yeah, it was unbelievable, and we're out there all practicing and everything like that, and Lang played himself into shape. And he's playing the best players, and he just, uh, he had that ability just to really, just, uh, of all the techniques and everything, he had all the, te- the excellent techniques, and Bernie used to say, Bernie played every day, and Bernie said, I've never seen anybody that does this, like Lane. He said, it's absolutely unbelievable. And and Lane's it was nothing. It was like, you know, no big deal. Of course, he's playing with Southern, that helped, <laughs> but still. He passed every ball, and, and everybody, we, we served the hell out of Lang. He tried to wear him out, but Lang had a tremendous endurance. That's why he and Von Hagen were so good. And it was incredible. I've never seen anybody else do that in the game. Look like that and then play like that. Yeah. And just play him in the shape. Did he Something hit the ball hard? Oh, yeah. You wouldn't think a guy built like that could hit the ball like that, but I heard yeah, he hit a heavy risk. ball. Yeah, it was, his wrist was tremendous. He shot down the line. I used to leave it when I played against him, and I played against uh, Lang and Celtics a lot. And I always used to try to, I'd leave the line open because he liked to hit that boss as hard as he could down the line. And I wanted to try, and I used to dig it pretty well. And I'd leave it open, and he would laugh at me. What are you leaving it open for? You know I'm going to hit it there. <laughs> and we used to kid about that. So, no, he was a tremendous player. Could he dig really well? Yeah, very big digger. Probably in the top five. Who else would be in the top five? Selznick, Bernie, uh, guy named Bob Hogan. Bob and Pete, and the brothers. Yeah, yeah. Bob was better, and uh, and I think myself. I heard Lang had a great cut shot too. Yeah, the best cut shot. That's what Von Hagen said. Yeah. When you when you hear a guy like Von Hagen, who's on the Mount Rushmore of volleyball, mm-hmm. say that Selznick and Lang are the best players he ever played with and saw. Yeah. I love that, that he's like so self-deprecating and pays homage to other players. That says a lot about him as a man. 
Now, Lang did something pretty shitty recently, but this is Lang. They, they, somebody called Lang and they said, who are the test, best hitters you ever saw? And he rated Von Hagen not even in the top ten. I don't, well, Von Hagen would just, would, was like Minx from what I understand, that he would push the ball around with great shots no, and was smart. No comparison. No comparison between he and Minx. No comparison. How so? Von Hagen was just 100% better player. He was stronger, faster. I he heard he would harder. run down balls that would blow your mind, that you'd think that were down and he'd get them. Well, that's what everybody liked to watch Von Hagen and I play because we, we ran balls that nobody nobody went down after. In fact, that's what Selvig used to say. He said, you and Von Hagen go after balls that even Bernie and I wouldn't go after. We were pretty good on... We were, well, uh, I, uh, every, Bernie said, somebody says, you and Von Hagen were the best at that, running down balls by far. And he could run down balls and set them with his hands perfect. Yeah. And we had really good control of the ball when we got there. And and the, the other thing that we both did, I did it a little more than Ronnie. I hit the ball from anywhere. I didn't care where the ball was. I hit it. Bernie taught me that. So the ball would be 15 feet back, and I'd jump up and hit it. I heard Bernie's, uh, like, was smart as hell. Yeah. Yeah. Probably the smartest player. Even Selznick he, said that. Yeah. Bernie was probably the smartest player I saw. Selznick didn't pay a lot of people compliments either. Pardon? Selznick didn't pay a lot of players compliments either. Not me, no. He was, bit, but he wasn't, uh, he wasn't like Lang. Lang, I'll tell you right now, was jealous of Bernie. Did you ever put his, see him put his knee in the sand and just dig balls that you're like, oh my gosh, how did he get them? Who? Lang. Yeah. Von Hagen said he'd stick his hand out, he would overhand dig stuff, and he'd do stuff, and then he'd make a shot off of it that would just blow your mind. Yeah, he was that way. He was a stud. It's it's amazing. The guys that dug the ball the best, and I'm going to throw myself in that category because Bernie said that I, and Gene said I I was as good as anybody at digging the ball. We played a lot of mixed doubles. See, they don't play mixed doubles anymore. That was when the girl would stand in the right front or left yeah. front, depending on yeah. what side of the court you played on, and the guy would pass yeah. the whole court. Yeah, I take the whole court, yeah. And, we, and so we, uh... Who was the best hitter you ever saw? Probably O'Hara. No, no, wait a minute. O'Hara hit... O'Hara and Erickson. Erickson. I heard Erickson would pound balls. Did you ever see him pound a ball to the wall at State Beach? Bounced it over to the, where the bathroom was on the right hand side. I don't think he bounced over, but he hit the wall. Why well, I, I did that? <laughs> there was a few of us that did that. And that says only enough one, in itself. Only one person ever bounced the ball on top of the roof. Who? Pete Velasco from Hawaii. Gosh, I couldn't imagine. I've been to that beach. Yeah, I set the ball. I did you ever see Shamalas hit balls? Yeah. Oh he, yeah. He could pound the hell out of it too, right? Yeah. What about Bergman? Yeah, Bergman. Yeah, Bergman was like, uh, yeah, Bergman was good here. Yeah, very good. What I heard about Von Hagen is he was so smart that he could just dink, he could do a shot, he could hit the ball, he could do whatever you. One, two, three, this ball is down. Yeah. Yeah, good offensive game. Larry Rundle, too. Yeah, Rundle, I heard, was incredible. Yeah, he was very good. 
Wow, you you played with so many amazing players. Bergman asked me to play before he played with Bergman. What happened to Bergman? What ha- why why did he go south like that? He was in drugs. Oh, on that speed he did. Yeah. That's that's a sad story. That what yeah, happened? Yeah, he was a very nice guy. And he just like became a recluse. Yeah. He was a good guy. I was devastated when I heard he died and killed himself. Mm-hmm. I'm just glad all you guys found something else to do with your lives that you didn't feel you needed to do that. I never did it. Never touched it. My father was an alcoholic. and uh, You learned from I, that, like, not yeah, to mess with I him. I saw that. Yeah, Either I, you do the same thing or you do the opposite. Yeah, and it killed him, so uh, I, no, I couldn't do it. Gosh, you were an incredible athlete. Long jump like you did, run the 200 meter like you did at an Olympic speed, and then jump 42 inches and pound the hell out of the ball. No, 44 I hit. Have you ever seen Jason Ring? Who? Jason Ring's a new player that played like in the early and mid-2000s, and he could jump the same height you did. And I've, I've never seen anyone hit a ball like that guy. I heard about him, yeah. I saw him play on TV one Yeah, he was scary and a very nice guy. Uh, you talked a bit earlier about Steno Brunicardi and him arranging oh, yeah. his races. What, yeah. what other funny stories are... I mean, I heard he was a pretty tough guy. Very tough. He was the toughest guy on the beach. Tell me a story that backs that up. Well, he's got fights with this different guy. He was in a fight with this guy one one day. And I was watching it, and I was sitting there, and I couldn't figure out what Stenner was doing. He kept walking backwards away from the guy. Finally, he got to the the, San, the, the county line where Santa Monica took over from L.A., and then Stenner reached in and knocked him out. The guy was blowing bubbles in the sand. And I said, what did you do? Why did you wait so long? He said, because I was in L.A. County. I'm, if I hit anybody in L.A. County, i got to go to jail. So he, he baited the guy all the way back to Santa Monica. And then hit him. Where he had to back up like 100 yards yeah. or something? Or yeah, what? so it was about 50 yards he backed up. And hit the guy, knocked him out. And, uh, it was, oh, he was a professional fighter, too, the guy was. Mm-hmm. Another time, Steno was, uh, Bob Hogan and I were giving Steno a backup. And so we went outside. We were out eating at a restaurant, and Hogan and I, put butter all over Seno's windows on his car. <laughs> <laughs> and Seno came out and we bathed him out in the restaurant. We, I put an iced tea over his head, Hogan did something else. He chased us out of the restaurant. And uh, he was yelling, I'm going to kill you, I'm going to kill you. So he gets, Hogan and I get in the car, we drive off, Seno drives off and he can't see. Because <laughs> of the butter. Did you, uh, what was it like the next time you ran into him? He chased me around a restaurant <laughs> and threw a plate of food at me. Luckily, you were his buddy. He didn't unload on you. No, he wouldn't do that to me. <laughs> we were too close. That's pretty good stuff right there, Dave. Well, another time down Manhattan Beach, Manhattan Beach Open, yeah. some guy was giving his wife a bad time. Gene? And uh, said it was wife, a bad time. Gene Brunicardi? Yeah. And uh, so the police came, and they arrested this guy. 
And Sinnoh still wanted to hit him, so he tried to hit him through the window in the police car. Did he do anything to his hand or the window? Yeah, it broke the glass and his hand was all cut and everything. He was crazy. Great guy, though. In fact, that's when I stopped going to the beach. When he died, I stopped going to the beach. He committed suicide. That was too much. Yeah, I never heard what happened to Steno. Committed suicide. Why? He had cancer of the eyes. How old was he? Mm, close to 60, I think. I don't remember the year. And he uh, he took his own life then? Yeah. In a motel in Santa Barbara. Wow. That's sad. I never knew that. Mm-hmm. You always just think that, like... Like a, like the lion in uh, the African Serengeti that, you know, when his days are over, he just goes and crawls behind a rock somewhere and goes out with dignity, not blows his head off in a hotel room. And no, over. he didn't do that. He took, he took overdosed. Oh, okay. He took some uh, pills and, and died that way. Gotcha. Um, you uh, earned four open wins in your career. The 1962 Laguna Beach Open with uh, Gordon Evans. Yeah. And then again in 65 with the legendary Ron Von Yogurt Hagen at Corona Del Mar. Tell me about your win at Laguna with uh, Gordon, and then let's talk about that win that you had with Von Hagen. Were there any matches or anything special about either of those two tournaments you recall? Well, yeah, the the, uh, the Laguna match, we beat Selvick in the finals. And... uh, Gordon Evans, if he would have played more than he did, because see, after we won Laguna, he he retired and went to uh, China for a year and came back and we played the Manhattan Beach Open a year later and we took third. And uh, he was a javelin thrower. And he, so he could hit the ball unbelievably hard. And he, he was 6'3", 6'4". He had great hands. He was probably the best setter I ever played with beside Bernie. And we actually, we actually started doing something at that tournament, especially in Manhattan Beach. We we blocked, and I he blocked, and I just ran around the court and got dug all the walls. Then in '65, Corona Del Mar, you and Ron Von Hagen got a win. Yeah, we beat the Mike Wright in the finals. What do you recall about that win? Well, we do. We we said to each other. We said we're not going to let a ball touch the sand. Every ball we're going to run down. So we did the whole tournament. And people were amazed that we did that. We won actually pretty easily. We were really good then. And then I quit after that because uh, I had I had a couple kids. My wife just had a couple kids, and I said to Bud Hagen, "I just can't play anymore. I can't. I can't give you the time to." Uh, devote to that so I quit and uh, Von Hagen went and played with Randy Carter and they played for a while and then uh, and he played with Lang yeah they, they teamed up with Lang again what was it like playing with Von Hagen it was a lot of fun because he always wanted to win real bad and uh, he uh, tried as hard as he could you couldn't find anybody tried harder and we were we were such good friends. We were really good for each other. He always speaks very fondly of you when uh, when we talk. And 
you know, thanks to him is how I was able to get in contact with you. So uh, I always tell him if you get, if Von Hagen makes a phone call for you to somebody, it's like the president calling them, they're going to pick up. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Even though it's like, yeah, I want you to talk to this chump nobody from Wisconsin. But you're like, well, Von Hagen said I should take the call, so I guess I will. So <laughs> thanks. I guess what I'm saying, Dave, is thanks for talking to the chump. <laughs> but no, he's, he's a great guy. Yeah, he is. I, I, I pinch myself every time I get a chance to talk to him. It's I'm still in disbelief. And now because of him, I get to talk to other legendary and players and uh, from the, that golden era. So this is... Um, really a, a, an amazing thing to be able to capture and you shared a lot of great information tonight um as i wrap things up here tonight um what can you tell us about what you're up to nowadays dave um where do you live do you have family do you have any hobbies that you're into you know what's dave boardwell doing these days well i'm recovering from a heart attack <laughs> uh i work out all the time i uh, live in moore park california out by Westlake. Uh, my hobbies are basically golf and uh, and my family, basically. I have five kids. And three dogs. Three dogs, oh yes. And we're into dog racing, my wife and I. Cool. Yeah, she's, going to, she's going to the national at the end of the month. Go figure. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no slow non-jumpers in the Boardwell house. No, you don't. You, you can't run. You don't get in the house. You can't get in the door. <laughs> what about do you still slap Keith Erickson around every now and again? Oh yeah, I'm always pulling crap on him. I love we it. Do the, we do that all the time to each other. That's a good friend right there. Yeah, that's some good stuff. Well, if the chance ever comes up and he'd be open to a phone conversation, and you thought I did okay with this tonight, I'd love to speak to him. Oh, okay. I'll, like I'll tell him. He'll yeah, talk he, to you. If he doesn't want to, that's fine. But it, like they say, if you don't ask, you don't know. No, I'll tell him to call you. Okay. Okay. That'd be wonderful. Well, I I I'm, I want to say thanks, Dave. Um, this was like an hour and forty minutes of incredible information, and and that, like I said, you were around during that time when. Um, you know, unfortunately, not a lot of those guys are around anymore. So the information and perspective that you had on Bright and O'Hara and, um, and Gene and Bernie is truly uh, like an encyclopedia knowledge. So thanks so much for, for what you've done. Well, I'm glad I can help you. You know, you could help me in one thing, if you, if you would. Of course. You know, Mike Bright died last year. And Mike Bright was going to... Uh, petition myself and Erickson to be in the Hall of Fame. They said, because Mike Bright said, if, if you and Erickson aren't in the Hall of Fame for beach volleyball, uh, we shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. There is no Hall of Fame. And a lot of other guys said that to me too. Why aren't you? And I said, I had no idea. There's that CBVA Hall of Fame though, the California Beach Volleyball Association one, right? I don't know. It's my dog. <laughs> What's doing, Daniel? Dynamite, my dogs. That's my nickname. My nickname was Dynamite, by the way, when I played ball. Yeah, that sounds pretty fitting. Capable of exploiting at any time. And so, well, there's several people that are, you know, 
transmission is. And of course, I would like to be in because I, because see, I won, uh, I won the, the, I won the first Santa Cruz Open, and I'm the only person to ever to do this. I won with an A player in the tournament, Beat O'Hara in the finals. Wow, that's pretty impressive. Well, there is the California Beach Volleyball Association Hall of Fame. Were you aware of that? And is that one? Yeah. That- that's the one I'm talking about. That's the one it would be nice to be admitted to. So, well, I'll definitely keep all this information uh, for your interview. And, and what I like to do with these then is I put it in a video editing software, the audio tracks, and then I uh, put pictures to the audio according to, like, what you're saying at each point. So um, I'll leave this part in there for you and hopefully uh, – just like they did in Green Bay here in, for Jerry Kramer. He finally got himself into the Hall of Fame. Maybe this can help you. Okay. Do you have any... how, do I go about, how do I go about doing that? Do you know? I don't know, but I do know the gentleman in charge of it, Christopher Kyle Brown. And, you know, I can't make any promises, but I would certainly, you know, go to bat for you if I could and, and, and pass this information along to him. Yeah, because, you know, Selvig has said, this is, you know... Like Gene said, how can you not be in there? I said, well, I know, Gene. And he said, you were the fastest player, the highest jumper. You won opens in an era when nobody else won opens except Bright and I. And, uh, and he says, it's ridiculous. And they got other guys in there that I, I never lost to. Bobby Barber is in the Hall of Fame. I think his son is. These guys were not even top players. Bob Vogelstein. Wolf Chamberlain? How could Wolf Chamberlain be in the Hall of Fame of volleyball? Right. You got a point. Well, uh, I'll absolutely keep this in your interview, and when I talk to some of the people that I know there, I'll definitely be an advocate for you. Okay, I know Von Hagen you know, says the same thing. Right. Yeah, he speaks okay. super highly of you all the time. So. Yeah. Well, look, if something else comes up, I'm going to have Keith give you a call, all right? That sounds good. I I appreciate it. This concludes our three-part interview with Dave Boardwell. Thanks so much for tuning in. As a heads up, we conducted this interview back in August of 2018. Unfortunately, the following year, on August 24th of 2019, Dave Boardwell passed away peacefully in his favorite chair at his home. Nonetheless, he left quite a mark on the sport and was one heck of an athlete, great guy, and fiery competitor. Thanks again for listening. Take care. Uh